Hey, everybody, welcome in to The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazaway and friends here from the Jim Reels, friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington Hills. It's another week, another week of people not watching the XFL again as uh, people are starting not to not to tune in for it. And uh, we'll talk about that. The Lions, of course, uh, they had a nice little get-together this weekend. The NFL Combine did amazing in primetime on television, believe it or not. I call it the Underwear Olympics. I really don't love watching it. I don't really watch it. But, but you watch it. I do watch a little of it, maybe. Terry Foster. No, you watch it, brother. Terry Foster in the house today. He was here because Clarence Black couldn't make it, so congratulations. But oh, he, oh he's Clarence he Black. Clarence pro, Black man. is here, too. Uh, Look at that. I'm surrounded by beauty here. My favorite part of the combine was Shea Patterson's throw. <laughs> I didn't see it. So fill fill me in on Shea Patterson's throw. Was it was it uh, a was little Shea off? Patterson. Was no, it a little was, off? It was exactly what you would expect from Must Shea. Must have been Patterson. a wobbler. It was a wobbler. Yeah, it was a little was bit off. Wobblers. I will tell you this: uh, he was on that team that Matt Patricia coached for the the uh, Senior Bowl, and they couldn't say enough good things about him. And I said it back then. I bet you this guy gets a flyer with the Detroit Lions. I'm going to stick with it. No, no, they're not that bad. I bet you. No. I bet you they don't. Okay, I'll bet you lunch. Because everybody knows he can't play. Now, I'll, what, now I'll what's a flyer? Lunch. Is this sign him as a yeah free agent? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We like the intangibles. Yeah, he's going to be a Detroit Lion, but when this draft is over and the free agency is over. Well, they did sign like twelve quarterbacks last year, so well, you don't want to take a chance then. No, I'm going to say no. Okay, they won't do it. But let me ask you two, because again, we talked about this a little bit. We talked about the XFL, Shea Patterson. Looks like an XFL quarterback. But do you think now that – because one thing I love about McMahon, McMahon is reactive. Like, he's proactive, but he's also reactive. Vince McMahon we're talking. Yes. The founder of the XFL. Do you think Vince McMahon is going to be calling Johnny Manziel a Colin Kaepernick? And at that point, is that something that that league need? I mean, say he whatever should. you want. Vinny, Vin, Vince wants good football, but I think at the end of the day, Vince still also wants a successful league that people are watching. I got to be honest with you. You know, as a, as a football fan, I I was really excited for the league, and the first week I was locked in. Second week I watched a couple of games, you know, on and off. Third week not as much, and last week, this past weekend, I maybe watched a a few minutes of it. And, yeah, but it, it and I knew it was on, but I didn't tune in the TV to see it. I didn't have the TV on this yeah, week but brother, weekend. Yeah, brother, Kaepernick is on the field. Don't you have to watch? Yes, yes I will absolutely. watch. Whether you love him or yes. hate him, no, or I love will, what he's doing or hate what he's doing, I would watch. It. I, and I think so. It call it. I think it solves two problems. First off, McMahon is smart. All right, the guy is smart. Whatever people think about him, he is smart. He's a, a phenomenal promoter, and he understands viewers. I wonder if McMahon goes to him. Kyle, Cap, I think that puts Kaepernick in a really tough spot because it's like, okay, look, do you want to play football? I don't do think he does. Football? He I don't doesn't. think he wants to play football. He doesn't. But if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm calling him. And if in Johnny Manziel at that point, I mean, you got to kind of say, like, kid, like, do you want to play football? Well, he's playing with his dad's money. I mean, no. the guy don't he don't need to work. He doesn't need to work a day in his life. Other than Manziel. that, and he got his NFL contract. And other than that, who could you go get? I mean, who could you really? You'd have go to over. Get? You'd have to go overpay for guys that are in the NFL that are just hanging on. You'd have to a little bit overpay. Like Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Tom Brady <laughs> would be a perfect <laughs> XFL quarterback. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I'd pay to see Tom Brady play in the XFL. Anyway, we'll see who he's going to sign Vince, with. You think Vince wouldn't do it? Did you hear the Raiders aren't going to? They're not going after Brady. By yeah. the way, we'll, that, we'll, that surprises me. They're not going after him, or at least they're not going to really push. 
and go after because they're all after go and show. I, that, you know, the Raiders to me are not serious about winning. They just want to have a product out there that people show up in Vegas and yeah. get and uh, get people to uh, take Southwest Airlines from Oakland to Vegas. You know, once a week. Yeah. That's all they care but about. But don't you think this is maybe the inside track? I mean, everybody is kind of looking and saying like, "You'd be crazy not to go to Tennessee." Like, what could make him not go? To Tennessee, it's a perfect situation for him. It is. It's a solid defense. Derrick Henry, who I'm assuming they're going to resign shortly. Yeah. A, a coaching staff he knows, front office people that he knows. Because what was it? it was a uh, front office person there was was already in. He was over there. He was already the general manager of. And uh, you don't ask. You don't have to do much. Mike I mean, Vrabel. You don't have to do much at all. Control the game. Solid defense. I'm like, man, I. I it's hard to not see him in Tennessee. So Tom Brady is uh, still out there, of course. Free agency will be starting here. We're going to have Dave Burkett of the Free Press join us. He was at the Combine this past weekend. He did some uh, – I liked uh, some of his stories on Jeff Okuda. Now Jeff Okuda, all of a sudden, this cornerback that we said, you can't take a cornerback at, <laughs> at number three. There's no way you can do it. All of a sudden, this guy – people are saying, this is the guy. This is the guy that they're going to go for, whether they trade back – and get him at four, five, six, seven, or they get Derrick Brown. That's another guy that they like as well. Or they take the, the two a deal at three, which none of us think that they're going to do. By the way, congrats to the Staffords. Mrs. Oh, Staff- yes. Mrs. Poor Stafford child. is pregnant with Mary. baby number four, and the baby is due before minicamp. She'll be raising that okay. baby in, yeah. in L.A., so that's great. When nope. That's a charger. <laughs> nope, because this weekend they came out and said, we love Detroit, we're not going anywhere. Uh, you know, it was you, on you Instagram. Uh, Once it's on what? Instagram, you, that's you it. Can't, uh, you can't believe anything because he, here's what I think. I think the Lions no way want to let go of Matthew Stafford. They don't even want the perception. This is why they're not going to take Tua. Uh, they want Stafford to make sure he's comfortable like he's always been. There's nobody gunning for your job. You're our guy. Now, uh, we can ask Dave Burkett this, but my understanding is very hard for the beat writers to get a hold of any front office people. But as soon as the story came out that uh, you know Matthew Stafford wanted to be traded or the Lions were looking to trade Matthew Stafford, they just text Bob Quinn, and he, like, answered them right away. Oh, no, no, there's no truth to this. So, to me, if they had asked about any other player, they wouldn't have heard from him. But with Matthew Stafford, hey, that's our guy. That's our guy. And he, and let's face it, as du- you know, as as the, the bad moves, that, I'm going to say as dumb as the Lions are. They, they're not going to As tr- dumb as the Lions well, okay. are, say it. As Go dumb ahead. as the Lions are. Then Lions gonna- general manager. Lions general manager, TJ Lang. Lang. What do he say? Hashtag, if they were smart. You can't get rid of the guy. You can't get rid of him this year. It's You, you can't do it. No, you what, can't. What, what is can't? See, what is can't? We're past can't. Can't is, some, can't is something you you reserve for, like, comment. Like, here's here's a can't. Terry Foster can't start a heroin empire. See, that's a commonsensical can't. That's something Terry can't do. Right? It's something he can't do. Well, because, I don't know. Well, I'm just saying. Can is something you reserve for it's the something intelligence. something I won't do. Well, How about okay. that? Okay. But there is no can. What, so it, let's Why say, trade the guy now? You get a huge cap hit, and you lose when, a very good quarterback. When you have one playoff win and whatever, I know, a zillion but years. But they're not going like to win there again. Is no, but it's not like the Lions could literally throw poop at a wall, and I'd be like, okay. Because what, it, it, what else is there? 
logic. Oh, we got this analytics. What like whatever it is you want to sell me, but you have done it. it none of it has worked. So if you want to do something completely <laughs> off the wall, it is still not going to lead to a Super Bowl. Okay, so let's say you, <laughs> in your perfect world, they trade Matthew Stafford. What are they getting for him? I told you what I would want to do. What do you want? <clears throat> Stafford out, Rivers in, draft Tua. If Rivers works out, great. Let Tua be the understudy. If you believe for two seconds Tua can be a culture-changing, generational talent at QB, when's the last time we had a culture-changing, generational talent at QB? None. And why do you, would why argue, do you think Rivers <laughs> is better than Stafford? I'm not saying that he necessarily is better than Stafford, but I think bringing Phillip Rivers in on a Philip Rivers basically on a one year deal has said, "Hey, if I'm great, cool. If I'm if I stink up the joint, let me go." But then at least the understudy, he will he would be more apt to be a good understudy for Tua than Stafford. No, so I think you, that would you, be tough. Do you think Stafford, if they bring in Tua, the Stafford's going to be an ass? And say, oh, I'm Matt, not, I'm not no, helping. Matt wouldn't do that. Not at all. Matt wouldn't do that. But I think if they're all about doing what's best for Matt and doing what's best for and everybody's like, oh, dead money this, dead money that. I'm like, look, man, it's, at the end of the day, if you've added all up, what is it, $10 million of dead money when they already got what how already on the books, how much? Almost that oh, now? Yeah, plenty. So, plenty. I, Matt, come on. The dead money thing is ridiculous. If you love Matt, let Matt go be successful somewhere and bring in your guy that you think is going to be able to carry this thing for 15 years. Well, the guy that covers the Lions on a daily basis is probably laughing at us right now. It's Dave Briquet from the Free Press. I follow him. I know he's laughing at me. Yeah, he's he's laughing at us. Yeah, dead money. (laughs) Dave, welcome in. Tom Mazzaway, Clarence Black, Terry Foster in the house today. We've got a full house. Dave, what's what's $10 million more of dead money? means nothing. (laughs) What's up, T? How you been, man? I've I've been in tip-top condition, just had a joint. Morning, Maz. I'm glad I'm one of his friends. You are. So this is exciting yeah, for me. We all are. Hey, man. Dave, how are you? How was how was uh, the underwear underwear Olympics this past weekend? Uh, you know, I think we've probably talked about this before, Tom. You know, I don't uh, <laughs> I don't think most reporters out there watch much of, of what's actually not. going on on the, the field. It's more about who you're, you know, talking to in the the bars and hallways and hotel rooms. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's a long week. Always happy to be back home after it. Dave Burkett joining us from the Free Press. Go ahead. Dave, let me ask you: How hard is it? Difficult is it to get a hold of Quinn? If you if you need to talk to him about a player or something, is it hard to get a hold of him? Uh, I mean, I think Bob's you know fairly open. You know, certainly he uh, like a lot of people in these situations. You know, they sort of answer when they want to answer and get back to you when they want to get back. Well, to you. I, I noticed. No, that, I, I, I noticed when the Stafford stuff came out, he got to you pretty quickly. <laughs> You know, I felt kind of bad because it was like a 6 a.m. text that I sent him to. But, yeah, he was right on it. He got back to me right away, I think. And, uh, and he got a hold of you like, what, 6.05? <laughs> yeah. It, it was a matter of minutes. They definitely wanted to uh, to deny that quickly. And uh, just talking to people down in Indy, I don't get any sense that Matthew Stafford is going anywhere whatsoever. Where would Bernie get that story then? I mean, Bernie's been around for a long, long time. And then he backed it up, too. I mean, he, he's got his peeps. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know. I don't think reporters make up stories, right? It's just a no. matter of who you're, you know, listen, listening to, trusting, how well in the know they are. You know, the one thing I'll say about that story is they initially started off by saying, you know, both Lions sources and people close to Stafford said that, and then they took out the Stafford, yeah. you know, the sources close to Stafford part. But then when they backed it up the next night, they said, well, we feel good about it because of what Kelly Stafford tweeted. So, exactly. uh, you know, or put on her Instagram. So Maybe I don't know Stafford's where it came from. I just know the people that I talk to don't uh, don't expect Matthew Stafford to be going anywhere. And probably, uh, you know, you've, you've been with this team for a long time. Do you think that would be a, a good move to, to let him go? 
I, I don't. Um, I think both football and financial reasons make it such that the Lions should hold on to Stafford this year. Um, look, I don't. I don't think that precludes them from drafting Tua at number three. Mm-hmm. I think you can still do that and hang on to Stafford. I, I just don't know that. You know, with Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia in win-now situations, that's the best move. But I think, you know, the the best chance for this organization to win is to keep Matthew Stafford on the roster, have him playing quarterback this year, um, you know, use the money that uh, that you have in, in underneath the cap, uh, more of it by, by holding on to Stafford, uh, to, you know, upgrade your roster in some of the, the areas that you really need upgraded, defensive line, cornerback, you know, some of those spots. And then uh, whoever that number three pick is, hmm. Uh, you know, whether it's a guy that's going to play right away like one of those top defensive players or a guy like Tua that might be the uh, the quarterback of the future, I think you can go forward then. You wrote, you wrote about Jeff Okuda, the cornerback from uh, Ohio State, and how good he is and how people are now starting to look his way. And I did think uh, he did get hurt later in uh, the evening yesterday or the day before that. Uh, what's up with, with Okuda, and uh, where's his stock right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about the injury. I saw that he said he was fine. His agent said he was fine. So, you know, I don't know that there's there's much there. But, um, look, I, I, you know, what I did for, uh, you know, I had a mock draft that I had to do for Sunday, and I, I spent the better part of a day out there sort of just asking people, um, you know, what they uh, what they thought the Lions would do at number three. And I, I tried to, or who they'd pick. I tried mm-hmm. to phrase it so they had to pick a guy and not say trade out because a lot of people do think they trade out. And, you know, the uh, these were, you know, coaches, uh, GMs, you know, scouts, front office people, you know, a couple agents that have, uh, I'm quite certain will have, you know, very high picks in the draft. And uh, the majority of those people said Jeff Okuda to the Lions. So I think he's, uh, you know, he would fill a need. I think he's an excellent prospect. He plays a position of prime importance. So I don't think anything that happened in Indy, uh, you know, diminished his stock whatsoever. Dan, I think you you asked the wrong question. You shouldn't have asked, um, will they pick Akuda? I think it should have been should they pick Akuda at th- at three, because I think a lot of people it seems to me that a lot of people say, well, you know, the Lions not going to quite do the right thing. They'll pick this guy. So um, when you said will they, I mean, I would say they yet yeah, they would, but I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I like Isaiah Simmons. Uh, you know, I don't think you can uh, pass on Chase Young if he's there. So. Um, Wojo says they're going to pass on Chase Young. <laughs> Did you see what Wojo no, said? No, no. Look, if Chase Young is there, there, there's no doubt Chase Young is the number one prospect, you know, in the draft. And and I just don't think he's there. The, the people that I did, you know, again, when I said, "What do you think the Lions do at three? One person said Chase Young because they said they expect uh, Miami to trade up to number two for for Tua. So if that happens, if the quarterbacks go one two, I think there's. There's very little doubt the Lions are taking Chase Young at number three. Dave, I love following you on Twitter, man, and I love that you engage with us Lions fans, even when we're stupid and <laughs> we delusional. Uh, I love that you do that. <laughs> we're but, desperate. So, we're desperate. I want to ask you this because I don't think people talk about it enough. How different would how different would the situation be in terms of the relationship between the Lions and the fans, or in in the way the fans view Bob Quinn and, and maybe even Matt Patricia? Had Bob Quinn not made the comment, this specific comment of nine and seven isn't good enough. How how much of his 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 I don't know failure or his just yeah. you know the acrimony between him and the fans is really can you attribute to just that one comment alone? And how much different would it have been if he came in and said, "Look, 
we were we were going great. We're going to go in another direction. It's going to be a rebuilding. We might take a step back to go forward. Is everything is everything different in terms of his perception if he does that versus what he ultimately said? That's a fair question, and uh, you know maybe if he was like you know I want to hire my buddy Matt here, and, uh, <laughs> you know we'll roll things different. But no, I, I think maybe in year one it would have bought them a little bit more time. But look, I mean you know even if he doesn't say it people are smart enough to realize, hey, you went 9-7 and seven with, with Caldwell both of the, the last two years that he was there. You know, you, you made the playoffs twice, and now you've won nine games in two years. So I think certainly that gets hung over his head, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you, you, know, you, uh, you don't make a, a move to take you know, multiple steps back like they've done the last couple of years. But I think the way things – let me say one other thing, too. The, the first year, there was a lot of negativity about everything. It wasn't just – you know, what was going on in the field. I mean, the players in the locker room didn't seem to like Matt Patricia. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff off the field that was hanging over the organization's head. So I think that contributed to things, too, that year one. And then year two, when the product was so bad on the field, and granted, a lot of that was due to Matthew Stafford's injury, but the product was so bad, the defense was so bad, I think they would still be in the same situation they are now, no matter what Bob Quinn had said. I keep bringing it up, but uh, this regime, they, they're subtracting good players. You know, let's face it, Tate is gone. They did get a, a decent pick for him. They got a five. Uh, they let Van Noy walk, basically. You know, you, you get rid of, uh, uh, not Diggs. I, D- uh, Diggs, yeah. Yeah, Diggs. Diggs. Yeah, Diggs. Now you know, Slay is on the block. I mean, uh, it, it's is it really a addition by subtraction here? Uh, just because these guys talk out. Is it not, you know, just, they're not buying in? What's with these guys that they're getting rid of, Dave? I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't think that's, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I look, I, I quibble with some of the moves they made. I don't think they should have traded Quandre Diggs, you know, still a young player. Uh, you know, you had just signed him to a contract. Um, you know, I, I thought that was the wrong move. Darius Slay, look, I understand, you know, I've said since October, I think they're going to trade him. And I, and I understand it from a football standpoint in that if you don't want to pay a cornerback, you know, give him a third contract at 30 years old, uh, which is what he'll be next season, not this coming season, that maybe it is time to, to move on and use those resources elsewhere. But from a pure football standpoint and what happens on the field, you know, the, the team is not better by getting rid of its best cornerback and no. it's not better by getting rid of Quandre Diggs. I mean, they, they have a hole at safety they're going to have to fill now this offseason. So, you know, I, I think certainly some of those moves have, you know, they, they fly a little bit in the face of, of, you know, winning now. But Bob's ultimate job as GM is to try to build this thing long term and build a sustainable winner long term. And the right move for the organization might be getting rid of Darius Slay and getting something of value now in order to do that. So I think Slay is – that's a tough situation because I think Slay is right in what he's asking for. I, I certainly understand why the Lions would be hesitant to pay that, but they're going to have to spend some money on a cornerback if they don't. So that's that's one of those tricky situations that they have to navigate here. Here's what I don't like. The Lions have a history of not listening to their players. Their players have been grumbling for years and years and years, and their solution is, ah, get rid of them. But maybe these players know something that these coaches don't or they feel more comfortable in a certain scheme and these coaches want to play a certain way and it just doesn't work out. So I would say listen to these guys sometimes. They do have good ideas instead of saying, ah, let's get rid of them. 
No, Terry, I think you're right because that was that was one of Jim Caldwell's strong suits as a coach. You know, you can say what you want about him on the field or clock management or whatever, but one of the reasons why players, you know, loved and, and respected him was was not just the way he treated them off the field and, and not just, you know, the fact that he took an interest in, in their lives and took care of their schedules. It it was also that. I think it was that there was that, that dialogue that that went back and forth with, with coaches and, and players and, and they appreciated that he would take, you know, their input into things and you know, year one, I don't, you know, that was not the case with Matt Patricia. Uh, you know, players were grumbling about the schedule and all, all kinds of things. I think year two, you know, Matt did, I, I'll give him a little bit of credit that he did listen to players when it came to scheduling somewhat. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he changed his stripes, you know, totally when it came to coaching and what was happening, you know, on the field. But um, I think he did listen to the scheduling somewhat. And listen, you know, Terry, you know this too. You know, sometimes it's a player's responsibility to speak up more, and guys have a, some guys have a little more sway than others. Yeah. Matthew Stafford, for instance, you know, if he's more vocal about things, maybe that point uh, gets across a little sterner to management. Dave Burkett from the Free Press, kind enough to join us. Dave, all right, million dollar question, man, that no one has been able to answer for me. They're in win now mode. No, what? they're they're in compete now. Yeah, compete mode. now mode. Yeah, I don't believe so, in the win now mode. I just don't believe it. And I and I asked Dave, I asked TJ this, and even TJ wasn't sure. And if TJ's not sure, I'm sure other free agents like so it's a two part question. One, what are they selling to free agents in terms of identity? Because if you're keeping Stafford, are you are, are you an offensive team? Are you a defensive team? So let me ask you this million dollar question as we're going into the draft. What do the Detroit Lions think they are or are they going to just assemble the pieces and figure it out well look it, it's not going to be easy to lure free agents i mean i think last year you know they battled the do i want to go play for matt patricia thing a little bit and this year you know i was talking to one agent in indy who met with the lions and you know met with matt patricia and bob quinn and he came away thinking you know what my guy could play for matt patricia like matt's you know i like his personality he came across good in this meeting but do I want to send him there when I don't know what the future holds for Matt Patricia? So I think there's, you know, there's, there's really a lot that, that goes into some of those decisions. And, you know, I don't want to say ownership erred by giving this, this sort of win now message, but I think that's a factor when it comes to both the decision-making that, you know, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia will have to make this off season and in what, you know, players will be considering when it comes to whether to go to the Lions or not. Now, ultimately, money speaks, you know, and, and they're going to have to yeah. shell out some money, and you can usually get guys if you're paying them more than, than the other team. Uh, but, you know, I think as for what they want to be, you know, they, look, players like Daryl Bevel, I think the offense took a step forward this year. Uh, defensively, we all know it's going to be built in Matt Patricia's image, no matter who's, who's calling the plays and who the coordinator is. So, I think they, uh, you know, it's kind of known in that regard. It's just a matter of some of those other things uh, that are flying around in the air. So, what is your perfect scenario here for the Lions come draft day? What do you, how do you see it laying out for them? What should, what do you think they should do? Well, I, you know, if if I was a betting man, I think the the most likely of all scenarios is that they trade down from number three to number five, and then they take you know best defensive player that's there, whether that's Okuda or Isaiah Simmons or Derek Brown. I think it's going to be one of those three, no matter where they pick, you know, whether it's three or five. Um, and again, I'm I'm not opposed to two. I, I I think two would make sense. Though I will say, I you know, some of the feedback I got in Indy was a little more concerning, I guess, than than maybe I anticipated. With people wondering about Tua's health and his size and whether he'd be able to survive in the NFL. 
Um, but ultimately, I think there's going to be a team that wants Tua enough to go up to get get him at number three. The Lions move down. In all likelihood, it's Miami. Don't know that for sure, mm-hmm. but I think that's the best bet again. And then whoever the Giants take, maybe they take Okuda, maybe they take Simmons. I think the Lions are taking the other guy. You know, Jalen Hurts, did he uh, do any movement here in this in this last few days? Where do you see him going? Does he last in the second round? Does he go? Can the Lions pick a guy like Jalen Hurts and let him learn? Oh, I think Jalen Hurts is probably a third or fourth round pick. So wow. yeah, he'll definitely be there in the second you know round if they wanted to. They're not. I, I don't think the Lions are taking a quarterback at uh, the top of round two. Again, if you're not taking two a uh, the top of round one, it doesn't make any sense to take a quarterback in round two. You're taking somebody that's going to help you win right away. And, uh, you know, that, that 35 pick, that number 35 pick early in the second round is pretty valuable too. So it sounded like, you know, I didn't watch the, the Hurts workout. Right. Um, I know people had, had said that he did well and he helped himself, but he's a good um, kid I don't too. think he's still a top 50 pick. Man. Yeah, Dave, if, uh, if let's say they end up with Tua. Uh, does Matthew Stafford become the good soldier and say, "Okay, I'm going to um, I'm going to mentor my replacement," or does he just or does he just say, "Look, I've been here. I've given my everything for this franchise. It's either me or nobody. I'm not I'm not helping this kid out." How do you think he would react to that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think. Well, I I don't think he would you know shut the guy out, but uh, you know, there, look, Stafford wants to be the quarterback and play and he wants to have a secure future uh, you know we, we asked him I asked him as a matter of fact at the end of the season he's standing in front of his locker talking you know and, and the, the topic came up about a backup quarterback and what do you uh, you know what should the Lions do there and what do they need to do and, and, and you know I, I think I had asked him point blank like well, what about a young quarterback you know how would you welcome that and he just kind of talked around it like uh. yeah I want to you know be the quarterback here you know he didn't say I mean you could just kind of tell that that wasn't something that he really wants to embrace so uh yeah I don't I don't think Matt would be any happy would be happy at all about that you know certainly that would tell him the future his future is elsewhere uh no matter what he's doing in 2020 so um I don't think you know he would I don't think he'd shut the guy out. I don't think he'd be rude to whoever that, that quarterback is, but I don't know that he's going out of his way to help him either. Yeah, that's not going to be my best friend, you know, type of scenario. Yeah, I'm looking – I'm scrolling through my uh, – I got my computer up right now. I was just trying to find the exact quote so I could get it for you. Yeah, the inverse, I asked him, if, what about taking a high pick? And he said, listen, that's not my deal to figure out who we're drafting or who we're not drafting. I just want guys that will help us win. <laughs> and I said, well, not a quarterback since you're a quarterback. And he said, I mean, I would like to be quarterback next year. You know, so that that's just – that was the exchange. When, when asked about taking a young quarterback high and what that would mean for him that he just – you know, he's lukewarm to it. Let's just put it like that. But, Dave, are they going to give him what is – if you're going to keep – Stafford only makes sense to me if you're going to load him up. I don't understand the concept of getting a guy like Stafford. It's the same thing with a Matt Ryan. If, you, if you're if you going to get these guys who you truly believe are winners and these great guys and these, these maybe these second-tier quarterbacks in the league, if you're not going to give them weapons – and I'm not saying you forget about the entire defense, but – if you have somebody like Matt Stafford that you believe in, why not just give him all the weapons, make your team an offensive team, try and outscore people? What is the harm in that? Because what I'm looking at now, I have no idea in terms of identity what I'm going to see every Sunday. I just want to know as a fan if I'm going to pay to see this product. I just want some consistency in terms of tell me who you are, man, and I will pay. So I've had that conversation with a number of people over the years that you need 
great players or great units in order to be successful, right? You can win by being the best offense in the NFL. You know, maybe maybe you don't win the Super Bowl that year or whatever, but you're going to go pretty far. Yes. And same thing, if you have the best defense in the NFL, you're going to you're going to have a pretty good season, right? If you got the best quarterback, there's no doubt about it. I think the Lions, the way they look at it, certainly they want a balanced offense, right? You know, we've heard it from Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. We got to be able to win games. You know, we got to be able to beat the team that can throw the ball and can run the ball and can stop the run and stop the pass. They want to do everything. And maybe that hurts them. But when it comes to the offense and what they want to be, uh, Kenny Galladay, good player, obviously. Matthew Stafford, you know, I think still a pretty good player. Um, I think their wide receiving core, maybe not the best, but, you know, they got three, you know, pretty good receivers. But what they really want to improve on is that running game. They want to have, they want to make sure that that is a weapon for them. And, I don't think they spend a high round pick on a back this year, but I know they they feel like they need to address that. They need to be better there, uh, especially given Carrion's injury history. So it wouldn't totally surprise me if they took a running back, say round two, either, because they think, to your point, that that helps Matthew Stafford. That helps the offense. You know, win win games and beat teams however they need to beat them. Now we all know that they really haven't drafted a running back since Barry Sanders. Let's face it, every guy they've reached for has failed. Either gotten hurt or has failed. So, you know, now you got both Scarborough. You know what, haven't they tried to load up for Matthew Stafford and just have failed to do it? They've tried. I mean, look at the running back position. Javid Best, Michael Lachur, Amir Abdullah, Kerryon Johnson. Those guys are all first or second round picks. So they've, they've tried. Yeah. It's not working. They just they they can't draft. Let's face it. We haven't had a guy that could draft here and and year. We can keep you on for like hours, Dave. I'm sorry. I'm I already took up way too much of your time already. I'm just bitching here. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks That's a lot. Right. No, you got it. Anytime, guys. We'll talk to you again. Dave Briquette, Free good. Press. Uh, check him out, man. Uh, he's big on Twitter. And uh, let's face it, man. They don't know how to draft. And this regime has drafted nobody. Yeah, they got Galladay. That's it. Who else? Who else did they find? DeMarco, DeMarco Murray leaves Dallas. Are the holes still there? Are the holes still there in Tennessee? Yeah. Are the holes still there in Kansas City? Yeah. I mean, it, this idea, like, I, I, the running back position in the NFL couldn't be of lesser value to me. What's of value to me is the holes. That's what I want. It's the, that's what they we, tried to do. I want the holes. But you have to understand, it's a bad organization. Yes. They tried. You they know, don't know that's how. Why, that's why they pick a tight end every other year. Yeah. That's why they always get a guard or yeah. an offensive I wouldn't tackle. be shocked they if they took a receiver here. They took Jerry Judy, it wouldn't they, shock me. they taken every yeah. receiver in the world. They tried to build the line. They tried to, you know, build the tight ends. They just have failed. They're bad. It's, it's, and it's you're speechless. made a fan. Shame on you. Uh, I know. Well, I know. how do you not be stay a fan, Jerry? It's easy. No, it's not to easy. To say, hey, man, get your shit together or... I'm walking. I can't walk, man. I'm, I can't. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm paralyzed. You can walk? No, I can't. There's I can't. there's a lot of NFL teams <laughs> within driving distance. <laughs> I can't walk. I can't. We'll just follow the boss, XFL, man. man. We're following the XFL. We I'm still tired can't of the Lions, man. I feel like I've read that, too. Like, I just read Listen. a T-Foss article just now. Listen, I'm so happy to hear you talk about the Lions. This right. is the first time I actually got you to talk about the Lions. Well, I talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a positive way, but I, I know talk that. about them. Hey, we can keep going, oh, man. Gee. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to show you some new NBA stuff. It's not really new. It's it's the NBA, and I want to just talk to the boys here about it. And uh, 
I want to show you something that Mike Trout can do besides hitting a baseball as well. <laughs> Keep it here on The Wrap. It's uh, Clarence Black, Terry Foster, and Tom Mazzoway here on NRM Streamcast. This is Jimmy King and Terry Foster of King and Foster, only on NRM Streamcast. Check out the newest member of Jim Reels family of dealerships, the all-new Jim Reels-friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. During the Start Something New sales event, lease the 2020 Jeep Compass Limited 4x4, now just $145 a month with zero down. Or lease the 2020 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. For your best deal, it's the all-new Jim Reels-friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. And there's nothing more friendly than a great deal from Jim If you or your family is touched by autism, learn more about Freddy's Foundation at hashtag pop the tap at freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Or email freddythepizzaman at gmail.com. Hey, we're Joe and Sarah. From Pop That Culture. Uh-huh. Yes, it is a show where we talk about uh, pop culture. The only uh, the freshest uh, pop culture. Uh-huh. Really? Well, I mean, it might be a couple days old. I we don't know. Save a couple dollars. Yeah, you can watch mm. us at noon, and then if you watch us at another time, then that's not so fresh. And we're back on the wrap. And we're back. <laughs> I love that from Seinfeld. And remember when Kramer Kramer was uh, on the Mar- the Merv Griffin show? He had the Merv Griffin set in, in his uh in his uh his house. It was so hilarious. Happy I know you birthday guys to Freddie, man, the doctor. That's right, Doctor Freddie. Freddie's nervous about the report coming out. I mean, because they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're going to critique Freddie's work. Freddie's fifty, by the way. Freddie the Pizza Man is fifty, 50. and, and he, still doing hip surgeries. Yes, and he writes in uh, like he does every day. He says, "Losers pick for needs. Lions are losers." <laughs> no, I always I thought the Lions picked the best available player. That's right. <laughs> Good old best available player. Hey, Freddie, man, I'm praying for you that that medical report comes out clean. You can keep doing these surgeries. Yeah. Absolutely. Pizza All man. Right. All My right. Dude, man. Dr. We're here. Freddy. Clarence Black and Terry Foster in the house here. Tom Asaway as well on NRM Streamcast. We talked Lions. We can talk about them forever. But I want to talk a little bit about the NBA. Just a little. It's a little pet peeve of mine. It's called traveling, and they how they don't call traveling anymore. And over the weekend, uh, ESPN put on this uh, put out this video. It said, e- uh, "Look at LeBron, how great he is. He's looking for. He's in year seventeen. He's going for another MVP. And granted, the guy's playing really well, and uh, like he always does. And now he's got the whole Kobe thing to push him as well. So the Lakers have uh, one of the best records in the NBA, right there with the Bucks. Bucks and Lakers are one two. But can the man travel or can the man travel? What he traveled is, twice. What is traveling? What is the rule, Terry? What is the rule of traveling? It used to be uh, a step and a half. <clears throat> now they got the Euro step and yeah. they got all this other stuff. And now they got the LeBron step. He traveled twice in the last let's video. Just, so the NBA, let's show you LeBron not, here while we're right. talking. Let's show you LeBron. So in the NBA, you can, you can take a dribble and then you can gather and then take your two. This was this is how it was explained to me because I asked the same thing. So typically, you dribble, you Here dribble, you get two steps. Sorry, so you have to dribble. It one, two, two three. three. But that yeah. first dribble, that dribble, he gathered. So no, no, once no, you no. gather, you, young fella trying to talk. Once yeah. you gather, don't, don't talk crap too. to me. No, now no. that's a travel in college, that's a travel, but no, not in the a, NBA. That's a travel, brother. Now, in any league. Now here's a guy that travels. That. This guy, well, look, we can replay LeBron. <laughs> we got James Harden too. This guy can travel with the best of them as well. James Harden has his own footwork. Well, here's LeBron again. All right, so now One, the dribble, two, gather, three. 
Come That's on, brother. one, two, three. Hey, I'm just any way you I'm slice it. ESPN put that out, Terry. ESPN. Oh, what saying, a play! What yeah. a great play! Right. They're telling. They're supposed to be the experts. I'm supposed to be the dummy. No, no, what you have is you have young fellas like Clarence saying, hey, that's a good play. I'm just saying, man. And now you're not, not saying anything, like man. like the NBA. They Where's want, Harden? They Put Harden the up. game to flow. Don't, don't give me this. Let's see Harden. One, two, three. Back. <laughs> watch, watch his shuffle steps again. That's the Harden. One, two, three, back. All right, so Here he goes let's see where it dribble. So right. after the dribble. Watch. He's going to go in. All right, so now he's going he's gonna... to. By the way, that's his offense. Yes. That's one. Now he's going to dribble. That's two. Dribble, Ready? gather. Ready? There's one, another two, dribble, though. There was another dribble and in between. There was, there was another dribble. I tell you what, I'm I'm with the young man. That that's okay. So traditionally, man, refs would be like, the minute you take that dribble, they're on your two steps. In the NBA, it's to dribble, you're gather. No, no. In the NBA, it's like, hey, LeBron, do whatever the hell you want. Hey, Harden, do what you oh, want. Chris on. Paul. Now you're gonna act good. like this is this is new. Chris Paul the other night, or Patrick was it, Ewing with his four-step running uh, hook. You know who we used to bitch about traveling? Who? Michael Jordan. Did he travel? Yes. He did? Oh, God, yes. yes. I don't remember yes. that. Change pivots. Mm-hmm. Jordan would change pivots in the post. He would change pivots on his on his fade. I kid you not. Listen, someone threw Paul George uh, a long pass the other day. He caught it at midcourt. He dribbled once. And then, like, ran four steps in and jammed it. Maybe he's got a long stride. Yeah, he's got, he's got four <laughs> long strides. I was 10 years old watching the game on CBS. I saw Adrian Dantley catch the ball, do his little thing, switch pivots, and Larry Bird just put his hands up like, are you guys kidding me? So, I mean, it's always happened in that league. If you call Travis, it's like oh, Palmer, Okay, man. There's, there's a very famous play. Larry Bird gets the ball uh-huh. in the open court. Looks up and Kareem is there, and he's like, "You can tell he's like, oh my God, what's he doing here? Did he duck he tra- under him? No, he travels <laughs> four <laughs> steps, then he dribbles, and they didn't call it. So this is nothing new, brother. Are you sure? I'm positive. <clears throat> call up Larry Bird. Yeah. Kareem travel. This is a mid court too, because he looked at him. He says, "What is he doing here? Kareem's not supposed to be in mid court, and he's like surprised, and he just." Stutter steps, travels, does all kinds of stuff. Well, earlier this year, man, LeBron just literally walked. Like in Utah, That's all he, he forgot does. where he was. That's but all he, he had does. the ball, and LeBron just started walking like up the floor, and then he took another dribble when he realized. And so, right. look, man, I, it it's the league, man. So Say, the, forget it. I've, I've already messed up. They didn't call it. I'll do what I want to do. He does, and he does what he wants to do. Let's face it. The Jordan rules were one thing, but you can the LeBron rules and all these new rules here in the NBA. Might just take traveling out then. Just go ahead. Don't even dribble. Well, don't dribble. You you gotta keep it in. You know, let's. You know, we gotta play make believe that you know there is travel. Listen, it's, it's just different. What I about wa- the stupid Euro step. What do you yeah. think about that? I don't like it either. I don't like, I don't it, like it. But I watch my lateral. It's just lateral movement as opposed to like forward or backwards movement. Have your kids played basketball? Yeah. Okay. Have your kids played basketball? No, they don't. They didn't play. Yeah. My girls played basketball, so I'm used to watching kids play basketball. And the referees start calling traveling to teach the kids, like in fourth Correct. and fifth grade. In the beginning, you can let them run around a little bit, but fourth, fifth grade, then sixth and seventh grade, they really get on it to teach you. Yeah. Not to travel. And then if these kids watch TV, they're going to be like, what the hell? What the hell? But not in college, man. In college, they still, they're still they still very strict about it, and it's still a confined space. The NBA is about space and entertainment. Really. I mean, it's about space and entertainment. That is the difference in it, man. So 
You know, they like they called traveling last night. I saw Brandon Ingram get called for traveling, but it was literally ridiculous traveling. So <laughs> I mean, NBA officials basically <laughs> understand that depending on the space and the situation, they give guys certainly like that clear path. The clear path foul is all about allowing the guy to go break away. Why? Because that's going to be how they sell this league, breakaways. You know, when guys can go in, in, in 360 and all that stuff. So it, Plus, I, you I, call I it travel based on the referee's mood that day. <laughs> True. Sometimes they say, hey, you know, I'm going to call this, I'm going to be professional, and sometimes I just don't give a damn. Or if they bet the over, they'll let it go. Because, well, you know, you know there's more no score. betting in the oh, NBA right, there's no refs. betting. I forgot about that. Tim Donaghy. <laughs> anyway, we're happen. talking about college basketball off the air. And you were saying that it's as wild as it's ever been. And we all know that because all these new number ones. And Maryland uh, clinched a part of the uh, a piece of the Big Ten championship yesterday when they – who'd they beat? They doubled up somebody. It could have been like Northwestern or something like that. Anyway, they scored like 90, 90 – it was like 90 to 44, Maryland won. And that was the team that Michigan no, State – I thought I thought Michigan State just yeah, beat they just Maryland, beat Maryland you know Saturday. What? Maryland women, my oh, bad. Oh, Maryland we, women. We don't, we don't I know that. that. I know that. All right. Go back. Go back to Saturday night when Michigan State dominated Maryland. All right, and we're talking about anyone could win this year. Anybody could win this year. But you know what drives me crazy about college basketball, and I'm bored by it. I really am. It's yeah. way too many timeouts, man. And I know I've been complaining about this forever, but don't you think there's too many timeouts, Terry? Yeah, you could have asked me this 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. too many timeouts. It's terrible. And see, I think the opposite. When I look at the game, the thing that the thing that drives me crazy, so as a broadcaster, having done some women's college games, I love the 10-minute quarters. The fouls reset. The game moves faster. The strategy is different. I do the like men's it. Game, in the men's game, it's a free-throw contest by the 10-minute mark. You look at that game Saturday. If Maryland can make – you think about as well as Michigan State played – that was a 10-point game at the six-minute mark because Maryland was in the double bonus for most of the second half. So two things have happened in the men's game and why I think it's all completely messed up. A, too many threes, and then B, too many free throws. And if you look at your top team, this game's basically come down to who's hitting threes and who's hitting free throws. And that's one of the reasons why now you look at that Duke team. That Duke team is good enough. That Duke, That's a good Duke team. They get in trouble when they're not hitting threes. Well, you got Vernon Carey down there. Let him go get his twos. But now, like, teams are obsessed now. It's like, well, we, we, we got to make threes. It's like, no, you don't got to make threes. You got to win the game. If you got the bodies to go get baskets, go get baskets, close-in baskets. Maryland had the horses to go get baskets, but it was almost like Maryland was like, no, we're going to shoot these threes till we make. I didn't understand it for the life of me. Cowens can get anywhere he wants on the floor, but it was almost like he was like, I'm, I'm going to shoot this four-pointer. It's like, bro, just go get your – like, Cassius is like, dude, if you want to shoot this 30-footer, I'm going to let you, but – But you know what happens sometimes against Michigan State? The opponents are uh, too <laughs> scared to go inside. Yeah. They think, oh, they're too tough. I don't feel like dealing with their physicality, so I'm going to shoot the three. Just go at them. Michigan State's not that tough this year. If you look at them, Michigan State, they, their bread and butter has always been defense and rebounding. You can get an offensive rebound on this Michigan State team. Yeah. Just, you know, if a team says, you know what, we're going to muck it up against them, they can beat Michigan State this year. They play tomorrow at Penn State. And uh, switching over to Ju- to uh, Jawan Howard's guys. By the way, did you see that video of Jawan Howard in the pregame against Ohio State? He was at midcourt. He was in his clothes, regular clothes. He turned his back to the basket and threw it behind his head. Swish. 
should have talked to the best uh, players into the into the basket. It was it was great if you get a chance to see that. And then they went and fell to Ohio State yeah. seventy. But I mean, look, man, Ohio 63. State, Ohio State, Ohio State. At one point again, this is a team that was ranked in the top five, like pretty much everybody in college basketball. Tough place to play. Great team. I think Wesson is. Caleb Wesson is one of those guys, man. On he's he is a any given day guy. Could go for thirty. Could go for thirteen. You just you you never know. But what I like is Ohio State has. It's the ability to go get baskets. He can go down there and get his two, which is where I thought Maryland, like, they have the horses to go down there. And I know Xavier Timmon blocked some shots, but, you know, you look at um, uh, Garza at Iowa. Like, to me in this league, you have to have somebody, when when the threes aren't going, you got to be able to go get your two. And I think that's one of the things about Cassius. Cassius is their best, and he's the best interior player for Michigan State because when all else fails, Cassius will find a way to do something crafty and go get, you know, a floater. So it's the same thing for Michigan. Michigan just gets in these long stretches when it's like they ain't making threes, then all of a sudden now they can't win. Well, Dan Dock has just called him a fat kid, you know. He, no, he can't really I, play, right? Uh, it's, just, it's just a fat kid. He didn't say he couldn't play. He just said yeah, he's fat. I know. Fat. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> Maybe he meant P-H-A-T. He could have meant P-H-A-T. That's a whole different topic. Is What does Dan Dockage and Bill Walton got to do to get fired? Walton was growling on the air. <laughs> He is. Saturday. He's out there, Growling man. on the air when he's, UCLA scored. He's out there. I couldn't he was he very excited that his UCLA Bruins but, are back back where they belong, isn't as he, he puts a novelty? It. Isn't that why he's on there? Because everybody knows he's a clown. And, and Dave Pash. You know Dave Pash. Back I from do the, know young Dave. Back from the DFN days. Guy. Great if guy. They, if they check that man, if that man had to pee in a cup, ain't no way it'd be clean. Like, Walton is out of his mind. Well, he never said he was clean. He's baked out of his mind. I think he's very uh, entertaining. But that's yes, why he does most of those West Coast games. Yeah, that's why he's out there. At three in the morning. That's right. He's, <laughs> he's still up. Michigan has lost two in a row now, so they're 9-9 nine and nine in Big Ten play. And they're 18-11 and 11 overall. They host Nebraska on Thursday, so they're going to get healthy pretty quick on Thursday against the poor Cornhuskers. 9-9, nine uh, nine, you should be in first place in the Big Ten the way this season They're close. Going. Now, Maryland's pretty much got that right. pretty, got, got it locked up, but... Uh, so that's it on college basketball. So MSU playing tomorrow at Penn State. Michigan will host Nebraska on Thursday. Now you guys are baseball fans. We all are, and I know the Tigers are. You know, haven't been really good for us. But the guy that you always pay attention to is Mike Trout from the the uh, L.A. Angels, the California Angels. I wanted to call them. They are the California Angels. Always this me. this guy and his buddies are out hitting golf balls. Did you see him I over the saw weekend? That. That's, I that think this crazy. ball is still crazy. this ball is still going. Let's 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 cue up Mike Trout hitting a golf ball like he's swinging at a fastball. By the way, I mean he doesn't change his swing much, so we're gonna roll that now. Here he comes. Looks like they're at like a Top Golf. How far do you think that thing is gone? Well, watch the. You can see on the screen it's still going. If you look at the top, look at the top of the screen. They're showing you it's still going. It leaves the netting. <laughs> Three eighty-five. I don't know. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Dude, that, that reminds me. I was in a the University of Detroit Mercy golf outing, and the dude in our foursome was driving the green. And it's so funny to watch. This dude, he gets one of these big uh, golf tees. Yep. He sits it down. And every time somebody came by, I was cracking up laughing because I'd never seen anything like that. I said, you guys got to watch this dude, and I'm cracking up. Like, I got tears coming out of my eyes. I look like Michael Jordan. Was he on your team? Yeah. Nice. So, you, had, you, uh, you look like the Jordan meme? The yeah, he looked, Jordan? I look like the Jordan meme, yeah. seriously. So so they thought this guy stunk. Then they hit it, and he just 
was driving the green, and I would just—it was the funniest thing I've seen. I mean, the green, you know, it was short greens, but yeah. he's still about three sixty. Yeah, he's kind of big. It was three sixty, three seventy, and he was just sticking it. Did you yeah. guys even? Did you guys even take your tee shots at that point? No, <laughs> not me. That's a, see, that's a legit scramble. I'm going to drink, man. You got this. Yep. Yeah. I'm not putting I'm mine in the water. Drink. Are you a golfer? Yeah, I love it. Love it. Don't get to play often, man, but I love it. Every now and then, I've, I've stuck. I've stuck one green in my life, and I, I, I'll never forget it. Hole in one. Well, the part no, part three doesn't count. It, well, no, part, part three doesn't count. No, man, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah, Chandler Park. Four. He was at. Yeah. Oh, okay. Part par four, just bomb, just perfect. Only time in my life. I How about you, T. Foss? Um, I I hit it short. So you do play? I used to play. I played. Uh, then I had kids, and I stopped playing. I never really liked it. You know, when I was a kid, we'd go to the driving range and hit it. And we'd uh, In Jersey, you try to hit it on uh, Route 1 and 9 on Tunnelly Avenue, you know, mm-hmm. slice it and hit a car and stuff like that. That's about it for me. It bores the hell out of me, that game. Just bores the well, living here's daylight. The, I like out of going me. up north because even though you're playing bad, the courses are so beautiful up there. I mean, sometimes you'll go to a hole and there's a deer watching you or a couple oh. deers and some <laughs> wild turkeys and all kinds of stuff. I like nature. And I like him peeking at us. and That's sweet. But I, but I tell you one thing. You know, everybody said, well, I don't want to golf in Florida because of the gators. You know what's mean up here? The stupid geese. Man, they'll go after you, man. You got to uh-huh. be careful there, bro. And watch that geese poop. Oh, yeah. The, 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 you put your ball in the, in the geese poop, you're done. That's it, baby. We're here uh, listening to the rap here on NRM Streamcast. Clarence Black, Terry Foster, and Tom Asway. I wanted to bring this up for you, Terry, the other day. And I'm glad it's still here on the rundown. The Central Michigan Chippewas. Yeah, fire are, up. They're going to be playing the Western Michigan, what do you call them, the Broncos. The Broncos, boo. Now, they play them every year. That's a big rivalry. Yeah. But they're moving the game in 2020 to Ford Field. Right. CMU is going to be the home team. They'll be putting on fan events all week, and they'll get all the gate revenue for the game. Now, here's where a sticking point is. CMU alum and Mount Pleasant Mayor Will Joseph is not happy about it. And the AD and university president did not make Joseph aware of the plan to move the game to Ford Field. Joseph says it's going to cause a major local hit to all the businesses in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, I, I agree with that. What's your take that. on this? Here's my take. As an alumni, I love it, but it's bad for CMU. Right. The only reason they're doing it is because enrollment is down there, and they want to come down here in Detroit and hoping – that they can recruit high school students to go to CMU, which is a very fine school. It is. Um, Even though you couldn't recruit your own son My to go own there. son your is own going son. to Western Michigan. <laughs> son yeah, I a, couldn't even. And why is he going? Because of the cafeteria. The cafeteria, yeah. The cafeteria. Hey, man. Eating, eating little B, man. Little B's it. picked Smart. the cafeteria and, and spurned his dad's gross. heart. Kalamazoo has huge. a better downtown. Okay. I'll, I can see that. that. So go ahead. Continue so That's on. why he's going. But. Uh, this is more about recruiting students to go to CMU because enrollment is down like 12 to 13 percent. Enrollment is down in Western, too, but Western doesn't want to give up a home game. But Western Central um, weekend is magical. I bet. We're not going to have it here in Detroit, although I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going. It's going to be like the bowl game, like the quick lane bowl. Well, yeah, but it's – for old farts like me, it's not as much fun right. for the for the kids. And I understand why they should be upset, but when you're in Mount Pleasant or Kalamazoo, it's just electric that whole weekend. But I'm going to participate. It's good for me. I'm happy 
that is going to be at Ford Field. I'm, I I got my tickets. I'm going to get my crew. We're going down there. We're Can we go? Time. Can Clarence and I go? Yeah. Sure. Can we be part of your crew? Are you going to wear Maroon There are other things that the school can do to offset the hit. Is it going to be, whether it's an event or a charity or a run? or I like? It's not going to be the same. It's anyway, not it's be like the same. It. It's not going to be Western Central, but this idea that it's just this this massive economic blow—it's like, come on, man. But the bars come will on. take a hit on game day. They're going to take a hit on game day, but again, you can, if they think it through, you can find a way to make that up by adding something, whatever it is, to the calendar. You know, and I don't know if it's an it's an extra game. Not you can you can make an extra, but you can you can figure out something, man. You can do your green because you got your your spring game. You got your there's just there's stuff you can do. And the Western Central weekend, we used to have the end of the world party, so just still have the party. Now, how many people fit fit in uh, West in uh, Central's stadium? Do you know uh, what's the name about, of the place? Uh, is Kelly Short Stadium? Kelly, how do I not Short. know that? And here here's the thing: the game is irrelevant. It's Central. I mean, when the game starts, you probably have eighteen to twenty-two thousand. Yeah. By halftime, it's probably like five or six thousand at the game. <laughs> Everybody's gone because what you do is you watch one half of Central, and then you go to the bar to watch Michigan or Michigan State play. Right, you out because it's usually cold That's and something. I'm not, you know, I'm not staying here, man. Just to get some kids uh, involved again. That's I mean, why they're that, having it here in Detroit, point, man. That's a Am I more apt if if look? Am I more apt to take my kid to Ford Field to see Central and Western? Yeah, absolutely. Then to actually drive to Central or Western? Absolutely, I will take that. So any of the kids that are interested for recruiting, I mean that it's it's a brilliant brilliant move from a recruiting standpoint. Um, local businesses would be okay. Man. But don't you think that They'll the right. don't you think that they should have told the mayor about their idea before sure. they sprung it? What, what, what's he going to do? Well, maybe he could have come up with a different. Does idea. Does the mayor? But what does the mayor owe them back if he's going to? Yeah, do but something? if I mean, you're the mayor of Mount Pleasant, do you have really that many innovative ideas? Not like you're the mayor of Chicago. <laughs> I don't know. Or, maybe they could have done yeah. something with the uh, casino and something like that. Live casino at the, at the stadium that <laughs> day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come bring slot with, machines. Bring there. slot machines. Come up with something innovative like that. <laughs> What happened to the whole U of D against Oakland uh, philosophy in basketball? Wasn't that supposed to be like this, the next oh, big the, thing? The, the Metro Subway, Series. The Metro, yeah, the Metro But you know, you know why that doesn't work? Why? Because Detroit is not a basketball town. Why do you say that? It's not. It's not. Pe- uh, no, college basketball yeah. town. Yeah. People here, don't they don't care about college what, basketball. What, just high school? Yes. No, no they, they care the public, about the PSL, NBA. PSL, yes. Now, what would change that is if it – what would change so – Years ago, when Brandon Cotton left state and went to U of D, there was a an electricity because I I did that first game. We did the broadcast. I'd never seen U of D rocking like that before or since. Callahan. The day you start to get so you get your like, here's an example: your Keith Applings, Derek Nix. If Nix and Appling together decided we're going to U of D, that's a different buzz. Chris Weber. If you look at the crowd, yeah. the, the crowds that attend the public school championship in Callahan are bigger than the U of D game. So yeah. Bas- basketball is hot here, but for whatever reason, U of D, and again, it's not for whatever reason. It you, it's a cult. You have to get those kids. Same thing DePaul's trying to do. That's why Mark Aguirre and the rest of them are trying to. They're trying to get the Chicago kids. The, you know, they had that 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 year they do the all Chicago team that leaves. Cause I mean, who was on it? They got the uh, I forget the kid's name, but like Derrick Rose went to Memphis. Uh, Jabari Parker went to Duke. I mean, they have all these lists of Chicago kids that they can't get into DePaul, um, and the same thing that, you know, um, 
Chris Collins is dealing with too, trying to get Chicago North, trying to get suburban kids, Illinois kids. It's just this, it's a culture thing that you got to bridge. But I mean, you see Callahan on PSL Championship or the uh, Operation Friendship Games. Oh my God. Yeah, I used to go to the quarterfinals every year. Yes. The uh, high school quarterfinals, and it was crazy there. That's great. So it was a lot of time. I, I went there with B one time because West Bloomfield made it. Uh, you know, there's usually at least one PSL team in there, and then probably someone from the western suburbs, a Catholic league team. So it, it's it's a lot of fun. But college basketball, this area just doesn't care about it. I mean, the Fab Five may not have been the best college basketball team in Michigan history, but it was the most electrifying. Yes, it it was. was the most interesting. They they didn't even sell out Chrysler all the right. time. Well, look look what I was talking about just the other day. How yeah. dead that Chrysler crowd was. Right. And you know what? There's other people that have written about it, and they're, they're asking Jawan Howard to maybe he has to maybe do something about about these crowds. What? What? I don't get it. Why did the Pistons want to move down here? Then it's supposed to be a perfect basketball town. Why did the Pistons want to come back to Detroit? Now they're tearing apart the, the beautiful palace. Now here here's why the Pistons moved downtown because Tom Gores wanted to make some business deals with within the city of Detroit, and when you have a professional team in the suburbs people shut the door on you they don't want to talk to you so now i think he's trying to make inroads by saying hey my team is downtown now here we go so i think it's a business move that he's trying to to do he's trying to do other things real estate uh, other businesses and stuff but if you are in the suburbs people in detroit shut the door on you, in your face but I, I i still believe to this day man because because of the way the game works if you can get if you can get your top players in the PSL to stay home. And it's asking a lot. I mean, that's how you generate momentum. That's how you get Callahan rocking and rolling because it has in the past. You have Willie Green, Rashad Phillips. I mean, you have you have had times and periods and pockets where this city, especially in, in, in the terms of this city proper, has had some has had basketball rolling. Man. I'd like to see it uh, alive again. I'd like to see Detroit really step up for their teams here. I mean, let's face it. Right now, all of our teams – are in the toilet like none other, like no other year that I've ever ever witnessed. But we're gonna it's, get to it, and everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, we're gonna get to it. That's exactly it. And Matthew Stafford won't help him. No, he won't. Thanks to Dave Burkett of the Free Press for joining us. Clarence Black, thanks, buddy. Good luck uh, today, man. this afternoon, whatever you got to do. And Terry, thanks for coming on short notice. No problem. Yeah, I, I gotta go. I got home and cook now. That's good. You got to go home. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt your your gym time. I really appreciate you coming. Okay, down. no, I was I was finished. Watch out for King and Foster. They're coming up uh, tomorrow right here on NRM Streamcast. We'll talk to you guys. Thanks to Angel and Steven and Kelsey and everyone else that helps out here at NRM. It's Tom Mazaway. Have a great day, everyone.